friends, welcome back to a special bonus episode of the Mill Spouse Mastermind Show. Now, I know I said in the last episode that I will see you next year, but then I had this idea pop into my head about doing this bonus episode where I talk through my top 10 books of 2021, and I decided, what the heck, I'm just going to sit down and record it for you. So let's dive into my top 10 book recommendations of 2021. Are you tired of putting your own dreams and plans on hold? Do you feel stuck waiting for some future season to chase your dreams? You, my friend, were made for more. More than the managing of schedules, keeping up with kiddos, and holding down the home front. Hi, I'm Christine, a military spouse of over 10 years, mom of littles, and coffee connoisseur. I'm here to help you navigate life as a military spouse, get unstuck, and craft a life with purpose. You have something valuable to offer, and when you pursue the things that light your heart on fire, you trade frustration for fulfillment and isolation for a life of impact. It's time to discover who you are meant to be because together we can change the world. Okay, so really how this came about is before I launched the podcast, I've been blogging for the last couple of years. And at the end of every year, I would do a a synopsis of my top 10 reads of the year. And my husband said to me the other day, he's like, well, are you going to do your top 10 books of the year this year? And I was like, well, I'm podcasting. Does that really make sense? Um, But after kind of sitting with it and thinking about it for a few minutes, I was like, well, no, we could talk about it on the podcast. So I sat down and wanted to just go through the books that were the most meaningful to me that I read this year in hopes that if you are looking for some new books or you want to set a reading goal in 2022, this will give you some ideas. Now, kind of the origin of this is I used to love to read. And then once I had babies come along and life got crazy busy and I had been in school for a while and I just kind of lost that joy of reading and I had kind of stopped reading anything that wasn't required. And when I started to read again, I was like, you know, this does bring me life. This does bring me joy and I need more of this in my life. So the first year I was like, I'm just going to set a reading goal of reading 10 books this year. I have, you know, newborn and babies at home and that feels like, okay, I could do 10 to 12 books, do one book a month and make this possible. And over the years, that's kind of evolved in kind of my sweet spot right now is the 25 to 30 books a year. So for the last few years, I've been saying, okay, I'm going to read 25 books this year. Now, I know some people have much bigger reading goals for the year, 100 books. I even have one friend who had a goal to read 200 books this year. And a lot of that comes down to being able to listen to books on tape because if you're actually physically reading that many books, you definitely have to carve out that time in your schedule. But for me, I said, you know, it's totally doable for me to read at least two books a month. And because I'm not just reading fiction, a lot of what I read is 
really helping me grow. I'm choosing areas that I want to develop a skill in and I I want to learn more about the subject. So I read a lot of nonfiction. I read a lot of books that can really help me in what I'm trying to do and in the ways that I'm trying to go grow. So what my 10 books this year, the first eight books are all going to be nonfiction books and then I put two fiction books because I like to sprinkle those in. It kind of gives me like a change of pace because when I am reading a book that is nonfiction and I'm taking notes and I'm trying to reflect, analyze, and really just let the material resonate with me um, and, and dwell on that. And so that takes more time and effort and energy. So after I do a couple of those, then I need like a break and I'll go read a fiction book and then I go back to my nonfiction. So that is just what has worked for me over the last few years. So let's talk about my top 10 reads of 2021. The first book, and you'll see this theme pop up because I was so focused on how do I help you find purpose this year? And looking at how other people have pursued purpose, have built businesses out of purpose, and just kind of looking across the spectrum and and wanting to see how different people are do it so that we can kind of synthesize these ideas. So the first book was The Art of Work by Jeff Goins. And I've talked about this book on the podcast before, but this is really a book about your purpose or calling. And he breaks this process of purpose down into seven stages that he says we all go through on this journey to finding purpose. There was a lot of great nuggets in this book and really what this book does is a great job of outlining a process and a lot of books don't do that. So he did a really good job of outlining a process that we go through. What this journey to purpose looks like. What are some of the twists and turns that happen in this life, in learning to live a life that matters with true passion and purpose. And he talks about his own personal experience as well as what he researched and the case studies that he outlines in the book to give you this process and make you aware of pitfalls along the way. The second book that was really meaningful to me this year was The Artisan Soul by Erwin Raphael McManus. It's about crafting your life into a work of art. Now, I read one of McManus's other books as a 22-year-old just out of college, and I can't tell you exactly what that book was about, but I will say at the time, I remember it being life-changing for me. I think it was something along the lines of sailing away from the safe harbor and embracing a life of risk and adventure, stepping out of your comfort zone and doing the things that God has called you to do. And I remember it being exactly what I needed to read at the time, but I haven't read any of his other books since. And when I picked up this book, it was recommended to me by a friend and I decided to give it a shot. And again, it was the exact right book for the right time because he really in this book talks about how our lives have the potential to be a work of art, a masterpiece that we are called to live a life of 
creativity and to partner with God and step into our truest, most authentic selves and do the things that we are designed to do. You'll see a lot of influence from this book into what became the Mill Spouse Purpose Playbook because McManus really helps me unpack this idea of what it means to find fulfillment and discover who we're meant to be. Because I knew that fulfillment had to only come from pursuing a life of purpose, but I was struggling to figure out how that related to us finding wholeness and being the healthiest version of ourselves. Because I saw so many examples of people burning themselves out along the way and You know, people that had big dreams and and chasing purpose, but I was at the expense of their health and well-being. And so this book was really my aha moment to say that, okay, these are our fundamental needs. And if we want to live our truest, most authentic, and our healthiest self, then we need all of these fundamental needs. They all have to be present in our lives. And so This is kind of foundational to what I believe in and what I want to help encourage you to do. So if you get a chance, The Artisan Soul by Erwin Raphael McManus is an excellent book. The third book that I read and really was one of those books that made me think a lot was The Gospel Comes with a House Key by Rosaria Butterfield. And It's fascinating because the book itself is really about hospitality, but uh, the author's own personal life is also a fascinating story. And I think at some point I'd love to go back and read her memoir. But it's the book, this book is talking about radically ordinary hospitality or essentially using your home in daily ways that seek to make strangers neighbors and neighbors the family of God. It's really how you make a life about people so that you are practically living out your faith. And they chose to live in a not so great area of town and really just open their home to the neighbors, to communities. They have people over almost every day of the week and their life just revolves around hospitality and community. Um, And so it was a really challenging and inspiring read and one that I definitely recommend. Taking a kind of strange turn, the next book that really stuck with me was Can't Even, How Millennials Became the Burnout Generation by Anne Helen Peterson. Now, You'll probably recognize if you've been listening to the podcast for a while. I've mentioned her a couple of times. But what I found so interesting uh, in this book was kind of taking this look back at where are we, specifically millennials, and how have we become this generation that lives in this place of burnout. She kind of traces the history of generations and this idea of work and the importance of work and the importance of work above all else and how we have come to value work and productivity and staying busy and what that has done to us. Now, I don't necessarily agree with all of her conclusions, but I felt like it was such an eye-opening read to just understand 
where people are at and what are some of the cultural influences that have really contributed to this you know, place of overwhelm and unrest and burnout that so many of us are living in. So after I read that book, which is kind of like, here's everything that's going wrong with our generation and and all of these places that are unhealthy that we don't necessarily know how to get out of and we don't necessarily know what the solutions are, I read The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. And it was just this stark difference between, okay, like, yes, we're we're still both talking about this idea of busyness and how prevalent that is in our culture. But what he's talking about is not just the problem, but how to have a personal solution to begin to pull yourself out. Because busyness will cut off your connection to God, to people, and to your own soul. And Comer experienced this for himself personally, and he really set off on this journey to figure out, how do I get out of this culture of hurry? How do I get out of this idea that I have to do all the things and be busy all the time to actually be making a difference to feel good about myself right because we're feeling defeated and dead inside and we don't feel that joy that sense of feeling filled fueled and full of joy and so we talked about these four practices of unhurrying your life that he and his family kind of went through and those four are silence and solitude sabbath simplicity and slowing now you know my word of the year for 2021 was rest and so I was really trying to learn how to do rest better to not stay so busy to be able to step back and pull myself out and really get this better overall picture of how our lives are designed to be how we're supposed to thrive and for me personally that meant stepping back from a lot of the things that I usually do the commitments that I usually make the organizations that I am usually involved with and that was really tough for me to not participate to not do all the things but I really felt like this season was a season of me stepping back so I could kind of gain a greater perspective and Comer's book really was a catalyst in helping me do that. Um, The next book was Dream Year, Making the Leap from a Job You Hate to a Life You Love by Ben Arment. Hello, (laughs) this is what we want. I know so many of us as military spouses are in jobs we don't like because that was all that was available or somebody actually agreed to hire us. Um, and so how do we actually build a life that we love? So so many of us are tired and we want we want to do something that brings us purpose and is fulfilling. And so Armand argues that it all comes down to unburying the dreams inside of you and learning how to begin chasing those dreams. What does this process of unburying the dreams buried inside of you and actually bringing those dreams to life 
discovering what's inside of you, who you're meant to be, what your great gift is, what you are born to do. The thing that aligns with what lights you up, how you spend your time and who you are. And so he describes this year-long process to bring a dream to life. And it's based on his own work running a coaching organization called Dream Year where he helps people bring those dreams to life. So that was another great read that really was in alignment with my desire to really understand this concept of purpose this year. The seventh book on my list is The Common Path to Uncommon Success by John Lee Dumas. John Lee Dumas is known really well in the marketing space. He's a very successful podcaster and he basically reverse engineered his whole journey and wrote this book that gives you this 17 step process to be able to build something from scratch to have this idea and bring it to life and just talking through his own journey it was just really encouraging for me as a podcaster just to see the process of where he's at now in all of the obstacles and what he learned along the way in on his journey so I really enjoyed that book as well um number eight goes to The Art of Gathering by Priya Parker. Now, these books aren't ranked in any kind of order. I just kind of wrote down more in the order that I read them this year. Um, But this was another book. I, I love books that leave you with a thought that continues long after you've read the book. And this was one of those books. It's really all about why we gather and how to be more intentional with your gatherings, how you gather, and and really questions to think through. Now, some of it was not entirely practical because so many of the examples are from her experience. She works as a facilitator and so does a lot of meetings and events um, and talks about how you plan those events. But I think it is so applicable to all of the gatherings in our life. Something as simple as a birthday party or having friends over for dinner can be an opportunity to gather well, to learn more about each other, to accomplish a goal. But if we're going to do that, if we're going to be more intentional in the way that we gather, we have to think about it ahead of time. And it's definitely something that has not changed the way that I do things right now, but it's put that bug in my head to start thinking through like how can I be more intentional with what I'm already doing and how can I incorporate this more in all of the gatherings I have with people be they large or small so it's a really great book and I would definitely recommend reading that if you can get your hands on it now my last two books go to fiction books and I am a big fan of historical fiction Um, And so number nine on my list is The Book of Lost Names by Kristen Harmel. Now, this is actually based on a true story. It's the story of a young Jewish woman who is living in France at the start of World War II. And she becomes this forger and helps forge identity documents for Jewish children escaping to Switzerland throughout the war. It's 
really a fascinating read of her story, what she goes through, what she experiences, and and then what happens after that. What does she do with all those thoughts and feelings and emotions? And how does she resolve everything that she experienced and went through? How does she come to terms with, to peace with everything that happened and how her life was changed in the process. So um, that's definitely one I recommend reading. And then the last book on my list is The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. Um, this is probably something that a book that I necessar- I wouldn't have necessarily read the cover and the back cover and said, oh, this is a book I want to read. But it was definitely one of those books that sticks with you after you're done reading because it it's just like this idea this story of a woman it's part historical fiction and part modern day romance and it's about this woman who is living for 300 years and just kind of exploring this essence of what it means to be human what it means to have meaning in life and how we are built for connection with other people and what that looks like when we don't have that. Um, it's a really interesting and fascinating read. So um, that was number 10 on my list. Now, before I wrap this up, I want to bring you a few runners up because there is like this second tier books that they're like, mm, they didn't really make the top 10 list, but they were still some good reads. So um, the first one I would say is This Tender Land by William Kent Kruger. Now going back to my love for historical fiction and books that leave you with something to think about or teach you something or give you something to chew on. And this was definitely one of those books that really highlighted how indigenous people were treated during the Great Depression. It's the story of these four orphans during the Great Depression and how they're making their way down the Mississippi River. It's a really good read. Really was highlighting something that I had never really thought about in terms of that period of history, how indigenous people were treated in that time period. Couple other runners up. Two books that I think were really good but they were so meaty. I really need to take more time to go back and unpack them. Um, Women Code by Alyssa Vitti um, is really all about women and how we can care for our bodies and increase our energy and just how the feminine body is made and what we can do to support our body. Um, There's a lot of information packed in that book Um, and it's definitely going to be something that I need to go back to my notes time and time again to revisit. Uh, Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work by John M. Gottman also falls into that category. He really talks about um, how to build a healthy marriage. What are the signs that your marriage is either healthy or it's in trouble and and what you can do to improve that a lot of meat and just I'm gonna need to take some time to unpack that in more detail because there was so much in this book let your life speak by uh Parker Palmer it's about 
It's another book about calling and purpose. Now this book is a little more dated than the other books because I think he, I, I'm not sure. I'd have to go back and see exactly what time period it took place. Um, but he decided to take a sabbatical. He was a professor and he joined this Quaker community in Pennsylvania. He ends up staying there for 10 years and talks about what it looks like to say no to the idea of what is successful and what everybody else thinks you should be doing and really follow that voice to say, who am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to be doing? What's my calling? And how can I live into that even when other people don't understand what I'm doing and how do I care for myself in the process and he one of my favorite quotes in that book is that self-care is never a selfish act it is simply good stewardship of the only gift I have the gift I was put on earth to offer others myself and if you snag a seat inside the mill spouse purpose playbook you're gonna find so many of these concepts baked into the process of finding your unique purpose, finding a new identity, and how we step into becoming the best version of ourselves. So that was a really great book, but it's a little more dated in, in the tone and style in which he writes. So not everyone might love that. Um, and then the last two books um, on my runner-up list I would mention are Effortless by Greg McEwen. Now, I absolutely loved his first book, Essentialism. I would recommend that to everyone. Um, this book felt a little more like just a compilation of ideas from other books. And it's really good information. If you have not done a whole lot of reading, then this is a great book because it kind of um, summarizes a lot of these healthy practices for growth, how we make doing the right thing easier, how we prioritize what matters most and then build a life around that. So um, it's a really good book, but I felt like I've read enough of other books that really dive into each piece in greater detail. So for me, it didn't do as much. And the, in the last book I'll mention was kind of in that same vein, Built Through Courage by Dave Hollis. This has many of the themes that we talk about in the Mill Spouse Purpose Playbook. And it's it's a great read if you are new to this idea of finding purpose and stepping into your purpose. Now, I mentioned um, in my summary of the year that I really loved his phrasing in this book where he talks about change we choose or change that chooses us. Because I think that encapsulates what happens so much in our lives. It's like either change choosing us, change outside of our control and how we respond to that, that we develop that courage. Or if we are not having change choosing us, then it's up to us to choose the path of change, to choose to step outside of our comfort, comfort zone into this place of discomfort. And that is where it takes courage, but that is where the most growth and development takes place. So that is another great read. There were so many other things that I've read that talk about those pieces as well. So it wasn't as meaningful for me, but it was just a great summary of what it looks like to step out um, and choose courage. Now, 
as we wrap this up real quick, I would love to just for a second mention the worst book that I read this year, which I kind of found hilarious. It was Midnight Sun by Stephanie Meyer. Now, I don't know about you, but back in the day, I was all about the Twilight books. I read every single one of them cover to cover. I was at the midnight premiere of the first movie. I was all about Twilight. I even went online and read the draft that Stephanie had written at the time that was the original Twilight book from Edward's perspective. And so this, um, how many years later, is that draft in full book form um but I just I don't know if it's that you know I have changed that much or if it's just the way the book was written but it was like so difficult to get through just seeing it from his perspective I had this different sense of Edward as this old soul um from the original book and in this I just did not like anybody um and I it was just like I have this problem of like once I start a book like I want to finish it but I did not enjoy this book and so I don't know if that's just you know phase of life that I'm at or just how she developed the characters but that definitely gets the award for my worst book of the year but I hope that this has helped you if you are looking to start a reading plan in 2022 if you want to set a goal to read more books if you're looking for some books to read um hopefully one or two of the books on my list piqued your interest until next time may you live filled fueled and full of joy and for real i'll talk to you next year hey friend before you go the Mill Spouse Mastermind Community is here to help you thrive as a military spouse. Figure out what lights your heart on fire and equip you to create a life of impact. You can have an incredible impact simply by heading over to iTunes to subscribe and leave a review. And if today's episode was meaningful to you, I know it will be for others too. Spread the word by taking a screenshot of this episode and share it to your stories so we can continue to reach more people, change more lives, and shift the way that military spouses look at life. Because we are better together, and together we can change the world. Let's do it.